Should we start the podcast? Yeah. Episode 36. Episode 36 of the Totally Photo Podcast with me, Lee, and my co-host, Joe, here, as always, pre-drinking as we dip into <laughs> some music. <laughs> oh my God, we do have a guest in this podcast. We've got a guest. And it's me. <laughs> no, 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 no. That sounds that sounds awful. It is, well, it is me, but it's also me and my bandmate David. Yes, we've got the last inklings, and uh, we're we're talking through another podcast. So, if you are a podcast listener and we have somehow drawn you in on a podcast platform somewhere, there's another one you can have a listen to, uh, which we'll be dipping into a little bit later. The Limited Bandwidth Podcast, very much about what's going on behind the scenes in the music industry, I guess, mm. uh, for all of us, especially independents, slogging away, trying to get you to come to gigs, buy some tickets. Um, if that subject distresses you in any way, buy the tickets and then I won't have to talk to you about it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like a really easy out. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But first, should we have a couple of new releases? Yes. So the Elephant Sessions, our first, first artist, they've got uh, a new album, which is out now. Um, and we're going to play a track from that called For the Night. And we, we have seen these guys live as well. It's a proper high energy thing when you're at a gig. I mean, we've described them as leaping about on stage with the energy they put into their playing. But all of the love for the mandolinist. Yeah. He's quite a large gentleman and he plays a mandolin. I love all of the love for that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the synths. This is a great track. <laughs> More on that later. But it's the title track of their new album. Yes. Thank you. 
it makes sense. Folk music is like old tunes or dance tunes, and they've made it more updated in a dance sense with mm-hmm. synths, triggers. Triggers. Tr- triggered sounds, <laughs> triggered synthesized sounds. Look, the pre-drinking's going well. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. As a, as a techno person from the 90s. Oh, is that face a verdict? (laughs) (laughs) Well. I like it. It's, I think they're a live band. Yes, they were great live. It's a little bit over-processed for acoustic instruments for my taste. Yeah. If you, if you want to do the synth thing, then. Do you remember that time when someone said to you, please, can you make your cello sound more like a synth? Oh my God. It's like that. I literally walked out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that. But go see them live. They are fun live. Yes. And they're not playing live anywhere near us. They are on tour with this album, but not in the South because they're from Scotland. So they've got some Scottish dates and then Cambridge and Leeds and places. That's a little bit far for a drive. <laughs> quite a long way just, from here. Just a little bit. <clears throat> now, from there, this gig... That's a really positive start, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome, dear listeners. No, we're not completely grumpy this episode. Uh, speak for yourself Uh, (laughs) I I have a great many things to rant about (laughs) for which I don't know if there's even time Um, no let's play another new track I'll I'll stew as we do this this is another new album I like this album it's very very nice to listen to we saw this band at Nottingham Riverside Festival we did indeed yeah in the big marquee and I'm sure we've crossed paths with them at other festivals we have yeah yeah I mean this is the Magpies trio playing sort of Gently Americana-infused, transatlantic folk, I think they describe it as. And it's true, there are some yeah, that makes tunes, sense. tunes from the, the British Isles amongst their repertoire. Now, they are not playing uh, in the the, di- the distant Scotland. They are. <laughs> it's achievable that from our neck of the woods, you could head out to their gig. Because it's at Chapel Arts, which is Bath, isn't it, really? Yeah, Bath Chapel Arts. <clears throat> and they're going to be there on the 26th of October. So they have sort of, it is new music, but this is sort of a little gig guide moment there. Um, yeah. But this from the Magpies, this is the title track. Yes. And it's called Undertow. You're the kind of man who only comes out at night and deep within your pockets and red rings around your eyes. Nobody dares to look at you twice You never let me out of your sights I can feel the undertow Taking me to where the wild things they
<laughs> I'm nearly there. It'll be time for the gin soon. <laughs> yes, we've got special guest gins yes. as well. So my our pod, our podcast guest that isn't me, it will be me anyway, but alongside me, uh, brought us back some gin from a little holiday jaunt. Which yeah. was very lovely. Oh, holiday. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> what is this holiday? Uh, three syllables. Uh, <laughs> unfamiliar concept. I've seen it written in books. I believe a hobbit went on one once. Well, that's you? certainly how my holidays feel. What, the when you went to see the dragon? Bloody journey to Mount Doom. Was that, oh, that was a slightly longer holiday. <laughs> there and back again, the work of five years. If I could have a holiday the length of Lord of the Rings, I'd be happy. <laughs> just the films. Nine hours, I'd be sold. <gasps> yeah, but three of those was just a battle scene. I'm well up for that. The Bourne films are the same. It's funny, we were talking about a Bruce Willis thing earlier, like him appearing in films, which is a weird one. Well, yeah, deep fake technology. Yeah, appearing but not being him. Yeah, and and the and the death of the music industry as a result. If you, ABBA, Bruce if you, Willis could yeah. join ABBA. He could deep fake and be the fifth member. <laughs> yeah, but this is, yeah, it's a worrying moment, I think, for music, because if you can license your image to be used in a hologram, Oh God! Yeah. To play your greatest hits on stage. Well, no, no. If you go a step further, imagine that you've licensed your image and you, you've got no rights to that, and then you get like that rapper that was AI generated. Yes. So the content being yes. drawn from hundreds of data points, which turned out to be incredibly racist. Yes. Also very bad. So you have sold your but face to be the voice of. What happens 4chan. if you get papped and your image is in the in like Hello or whatever, and like who owns the rights to that image? Apart from the photographer, <laughs> slash the people who paid the photographer. It's quite worrying that on top of deciding how often to post on Twitter, I may now have to consider, <laughs> did they capture my best side before they had me but for eternity? I think my point with that is there <clears throat> won't be an opportunity for you as an emerging artist because people will just be, as I said at the start of lockdown, this is our future. If you don't support the music industry, we'll be doomed to listen to Coldplay's greatest hits on repeat forever. Do you know what? It's bringing oh, yeah. to mind that new uh, or the newer Blade Blade Runner film where 
over the fight scene or like sort of fight scene, they've got hologram Elvis playing in the background. Because yeah. that's what people are still listening to. Yeah. Nostalgia trumps having a nice new experience every time. Yeah. Bear in mind, nostalgia used to be considered a mental illness. Think on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go and try something new. Try something fresh. Oh, this is a cheery episode. <laughs> it's a passionate episode. <laughs> hmm. Look, we can cheer ourselves slightly uh, right. with, with a little bit of a look yes. forward at some gigs or yes. a gig, a very yes. particular Let's gig. Let's plug our own gig. <laughs> <laughs> Buy my stuff. Um, no, this, uh, the next group, Good Habits, they're a duo. Uh, they are just wonderfully sunny uh, as human beings and their music does convey that as well. I really yes. enjoy listening to what they do and watching them live as well because you get a proper experience where they take you on a bit of a musical journey uh, yeah. with some, it's not storytelling as such, but they are, there is a narrative under what they're doing and yeah, it's easy to get swept away. Yeah, they're infectiously up, upbeat, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So we've got um, Bonnie Schwartz, who is a, a cellist and she's a singing cellist, obviously, no idea why I enjoy that one so much. And Pete Shaw, who is just a wonderful accordion player. He does sing now too. Yes. I've seen him sing. Western tremendous dungarees. <laughs> if I can pass comment that ladies look good in sequins, because you should always wear the shiny, then the dungarees also deserve a why mention. Sh- why should sequins just be the preserve of ladies? I know, right? I think they're for everyone. <laughs> I think I looked at the price of buying some once and was shockingly put off. And then when I did order some, they came from Japan. And what I thought was a medium... <laughs> wasn't big enough for a five-year-old so i'd have had to stitch the jumper to the front of me but or giving it to my cats <laughs> maybe it was a, maybe it was a, for a medium-sized cat <laughs> they'd have enjoyed it as a cat toy <laughs> but lo- local listeners will have heard bonnie and pete good habits playing at purbeck valley folk festival they are former purbeck rising winners and um they've relocated to manchester so they'll be but they've got local leagues. Uh, Bonnie was Dorchester-based. And yeah. actually, Bonnie's mum is a local jazz singer. So you may have crossed paths without even realising. Yeah. Um, but they are our support artists at Bournemouth Folk Club, Saturday the 8th of October. So if you're listening to this podcast... On that means you'll have to buy the ticket now. Day. Yeah, n- like tomorrow. So hurry up already. Yeah, just, just hit pause. You've got time. <laughs> so we're going to play their latest single, which is a track called Feel Unsafe. Unignorable urge to hide I am not as small as I used to be And I won't come out till I know it's safe But I'm not so sure anymore Ignoring to
Apparently, really... it is pumpkin spice season. I don't even know what that is. Imagine a syrupy mess that tastes a bit like a carrot died in your mouth. <laughs> but this is a Starbucks invention. So all of the derision should be heaped upon it. <sighs> and how has it become a thing? I know. Because branding, marketing. Pumpkin spice. I tell you, as a florist, a, flo- a former <laughs> florist who has had to deal with pumpkins in a professional capacity, they have their own smell. Yes. And I don't want to drink a drink Um, of the smell of a pumpkin, thank you very much. No, it would be like distilling linden trees into a cocktail. (laughs) None of us would want it. (laughs) Think on that what you will. Gentlemen. (laughs) Now, after that lovely offering from Good Habits, (laughs) as we desperately try to stay on track... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ahead of grabbing ourselves a gin to top up just a little bit. The artist headlining the Bournemouth Folk Club on the 8th of October. Just enough time to buy tickets. At (laughs) St Ambrose Church in Westbourne. At St Ambrose Church, Westbourne. (laughs) Very easy to find. Check our website. There are actual directions on there. It's the big churchy thing on the corner. Huge churchy thing. Can't really (laughs) miss it. Um, We have have Jacob and Drinkwater playing for us. Uh, Who are just like... you will walk away from the evening thinking it's, it's part Sunday dinner with your dad just getting a bit carried away <laughs> with some absolutely insightful, marvellously wrong like dad jokes and just 
musicianship that is mind-blowing um yeah when lucas has a guitar in his hands like an electric guitar he can do some magic things and it does it feels like you're listening to an organ swell out of nowhere and like tobias is just mad crazy on the guitar <laughs> and an amazing voice too incredible voice like proper big gospely soulful voice turned down a kind of americana pop folky singer-songwritery direction so <laughs> the best of all of the world so you can't fail to enjoy the concert <laughs> it will be a lovely evening it will be a great evening uh, we've kind of dug around and it popped into the back catalogue. Yes, we've gone for one of their greatest hits. I've realised everything I've said has been a euphemism. <clears throat> <laughs> so after that swelling organ, uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to play, yeah, basically their, their knockout hit, <laughs> Burning Low. Oh, 
interview. Yes. So from uh, from that was Jacob and Drinkwater, who are playing at Bournemouth Folk Club on the 8th of October. That date might sound very kind of immediate because it is. <laughs> so do buy those tickets <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, should we introduce the gin, Ooh. actually? Because this, <clears throat> this is a nice little segue. This was a gift from David Hoyland, the other half of The Last Inklings. And it's, uh, it's a Shed One gin, which is bought back from Ulverston in Cumbria. It tells, tells me it's a small batch, but it won a great taste award in 2018, this particular one. It's very nice. Yeah, and they come beautifully presented, kind of sealed with wax, lovely little bottles. Uh, and this one is called a Fancy Frolic. Oh, don't mind that. No. <laughs> uh, tells me we should be tasting, apparently, lime leaf, mm, yep. floral kind of flavours, petals, a hint of ginger and strawberry. Getting the lime. Yeah, definitely getting the lime. It's very fresh. Mm-hmm. I like that. With a sunny aspect. How it lovely. is. Yeah. It, I, feel, I feel refreshed. <laughs> Let's <laughs> see how it goes down on the second go. <laughs> um, the tonic is... Oh, no, I get, there is a sense of ginger there. Uh, we've gone with a fever tree Mediterranean tonic. And, and there is ice. There is ice tinkling away in the background. Oh, I can see that on the microphones. <laughs> and I've got a cat. A kitten has come to join us. Well, they're not really kittens anymore, are they? <laughs> Mentally, yes. Every time you've heard us interrupted by a cat, it is definitely that one. It's almost the witching hour. Mm. Ten minutes to the witching hour. <laughs> <laughs> so our interview uh, that's coming up uh, covers covers the limited bandwidth podcast, which yes. I've been making with my bandmate, uh, where well, we're not ranting as such, but we are trying to be proactive about a subject that we have ranted about at great length. Yeah, so there's a lot of annoyance yes. amongst musicians. And I have to say, the extended agents and managers, certainly, mm-hmm. um, at social media and our reliance on it and the effect it is having on our happiness and well-being. Yep, it's it's all a bit pressured. It's all a bit intense. We all know that it's difficult at the moment to sell tickets, bring people well, yeah, to gigs, sell where, albums. Yeah, this is where it's coming from, isn't it? Marketing of stuff is really hard. If people were buying tickets, we wouldn't be thinking about this. But there's definitely like a morality thing that we want to explore a little bit as well, in that some people aren't ready or don't feel that they should be doing certain things and some people can't afford it. But we also need to live and eat and pay rent. So we're a bit torn <laughs> as to how, yeah. we, how we find our way. But we speak a little bit more about that. Uh, in the interview with me and David, <laughs> that's coming up shortly. So we, should we, uh, yeah, what's the thing? Run VT. What's that in audio terms when there are no tapes anymore? They call them packages now on TV. Really? Yeah. Mm. Which doesn't have the same ring, does it? <laughs> Bring me the package. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that could be anything really, couldn't it? I was thinking sandwiches at that point and then my mind went elsewhere. <clears throat> that's where I started. What, the elsewhere? Run clip. <laughs> We've got guests. Yeah, which is, is also me. <laughs> and David Hoyland. Half, half of Lee, half of David. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to The Last Inklings. Um, this is not your first time on this podcast either, is it? No. Uh, actually, I remember we were all together at Leeson House, yeah. Oh my goodness, how many years ago was that? I know, right? 18. Yeah, it? yeah. That was pre everything <laughs> yeah yeah it was before that before the stuff that was one of our first gigs yeah as, as a band. oh my god yes you're right yeah at, at the home of radar and microwaves and things yeah yeah good times i can yeah before i go into a history uh lesson <laughs> <laughs> but you're here for a reason so last time you were here you were talking about just the fact that you even existed or your debut ep perhaps 
Yeah, we were just launching the EP, so that, yes. was, uh, that was Alchemy. Alchemy. Yeah. Since then, we've released an album, and currently we're in the middle of releasing a podcast. Yeah, and so this is not a music podcast, is it? Not no. as such. It's not about music, it's um, more about... The periphery, almost. The marketing, the marketing of music. and Behind the, the scenes, what goes on. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's all kind of become the core of it now. Sometimes, like, uh, one of our guests, for example, was Chris Cleverly uh, in episode one. Um, he was talking about how sometimes you just in the album release cycle you end up being an administrator more or less mm. uh, and that is certainly true for us but it's like talking to John Parker another episode talking about how much that has changed it's all built up so much all this digital marketing we're having to become specialists in a brand new area we're having to really learn about it rather than just just posting online for fun mm-hmm. um, I guess the essence is is kind of around people's relationships with the digital world and social media specifically mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a musician, uh, an independent creative, anyone involved in the music industry, um, they all kind of fall under this umbrella that you need to you need to be present on these weird platforms in order to yeah, get creating content to, 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 to succeed really. And it's so largely it's yeah without without being present isn't massively it? absolutely um, to have your voice out there on the platforms, and it's. It's been a reaction to conversations we've had on on tour, on the road, with other musicians and their friends and families even, about digital burnout. It just gets a bit too much to keep on top of it. Yeah, and not just from a musician's point of view, I'd say as an agent and manager and someone who talks to promoters and venues and other agents and managers, everybody's feeling it, I think, because it's so hard to market stuff. Well, yeah, because we've spoken to a session musician and in theory, you're not sort of part of a band as such you are there to fulfill a different role like coming in as a consultant almost to to add music to something it's not your job to advertise everything but even people in that sphere are feeling like oh no i, I need to be pulling my weight and suddenly having this weird online life where i'm telling you to buy all the tickets all the time yeah i think i think it's um covid and, and the cost of living crisis that's driving this isn't it because yeah people haven't come back out to buy tickets for gigs initially it was because people were worried about covid still and now people are worried about money and so it just feels like there's no end in sight to any of this difficulty and where and else do we go and everyone's yeah. to work so much harder and yeah a lot of things shut down over covid like real world promotion um, magazines radio stations all of those channels to reaching people have been taken away so you're just left with the internet it's a very different <laughs> landscape to yeah 10 20 years ago isn't it and this is this is part of the reason why why we wanted to put together the limited bandwidth podcast is to compile some of these conversations and maybe get a few hints and tips as to how to best balance yourself as a person whilst trying to undertake all these extra tasks yeah it's so easy to rail against it but yeah. at some point we've just got to say okay well yeah it's a necessary evil and necessary is a big part of that little phrase we've got to get to grips with it and be proactive <laughs> evil is definitely the other it depends on your frame of mind doesn't it um so you we've struggled we've personally struggled yeah, with it and a lot of people i speak to really struggle with it and the reasons why it's being asked of them as well is a, is a problem for some people there's a lot of reluctance yeah my main gripe is that it gets in the way so much of of the creative aspect of of being a musician like that's why most people get into it and it seems like these things are sort of constantly creeping in and pulling you away 
from that side of it. I mean, we're talking about what happens if you absolutely uh, push yourself to advertise a gig because you know those tickets have to be sold to make it work for the venue so that the tickets have been sold in advance and the venue can, I don't know, stock the bar and all that kind of thing, get the right staff in, get the sound technician covered. You've done all of that. You've pushed yourself to do it. And now you turn up at the gig and you're like, oh, I wish I could have had more time to prepare to perform here as well now because now I feel a bit on the back foot. Yeah, it feeds into performance anxiety and all of that. And it's it, it there are several sort of vicious cycles that you have to be aware of. And just being aware of them is, is a big part of combating them so that you can sort of identify when you're feeling the digital burnout or when you've exceeded your bandwidth and what you can do to to regenerate that or to widen your bandwidth or just to regulate it really yeah i mean i remember coming out of the pandemic i definitely had a thing where i was not prepared to be on stage in front of an audience despite the fact that i wanted to be there and it was i was probably a little bit of a rabbit in the headlights for that first gig back like loads of our contemporaries were um but you can do that again to yourself by having all of your your capacity used up by thinking good lord i have to sell how many tickets at a time when I, you can even feel a bit guilty about telling people you must buy a ticket to support this gig, please, 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 because you know that they're potentially struggling as well. Yeah. Mm. And there's, there's so many sort of mental health aspects to that, which we're seeing at, the, at every level, really, at, at sort of emerging artist level, as well as sort of A-list musicians in these national publications that are pulling out of gigs to, to conserve their own mental health in order to give a better performance when when they're ready to yeah the the idea that it, it's better to do a good job of it than just push on through and do a terrible job <laughs> but yeah there's so much on our level we're we're kind of you know we're doing it independently with a really small team there's no record label behind us so we had to be the people to pick this up so you still got to find a way to achieve it sometimes even if you know different parts of the release cycle maybe we can learn to switch off a bit because between releases that's time to kind of regroup and get back into the writing and enjoy all of that. The the balance is the hard yeah, thing to strike. It's definitely a cyclical thing. Yeah. Releasing music. Yeah, we've tried to come at it from a few different perspectives as well. So we've got got a couple of artist guests, but we've also got some experts on board, like digital marketing experts, um, mental health counselling experts who are sort of on the front line of, of that sort of thing yeah um, <clears throat> psychologists and and what the audience feel about this topic as well because I'm, I'm sure they have exactly the same sort of quips and fears about spending too much time screen time and sort of uh, doom scrolling on their smartphones and things yeah, like that. Yeah. It's, all, it's all relevant. It all feeds into the same part, doesn't it? And if uh, if your audience, for example, are suffering the effects of digital burnout and just feeling a bit overwhelmed by it and want to move away from that platform for, for however long, a bit of a detox, then they're not there to have a conversation with anymore. So does your marketing almost becomes pointless. You're not having that real conversation anymore because they're not there to hear it. So where does it, how do you create that balance for everyone? So it's a little bit more sustainable because something has to change to keep the kind of the music industry as we find it in our niche a bit, bit more buoyant. Yeah, I'm, I'm really conscious as well that in, in the process of creating a podcast, 
we are <laughs> the, the irony involved in promoting that podcast on all these social platforms and talking about it is is very high isn't it? it it's a weird one i mean again yeah i i would like to be able to step away from social media a lot more than i, I currently do for marketing purposes or use it a bit more socially it's a great way to connect with people like i've got friends on the other side of the world and i mm. i value being able to be in touch with them but I would like to be able to step back a little bit from some of the marketing stuff and maybe reevaluate how that works. And yet I'm encouraging everyone else to come to the platform to meet me that I'm not always comfortable using. So it's a really strange thing to do. I think part of the difficulty is the blurred lines around it as well, isn't, isn't it? Because there's lots mm. of different platforms. You're on all of them. There's a messaging function, private messaging function on all of them, as well as your public facing posts. Mm -hmm. And work colleagues, contacts, contact you on all of these different platforms mm -hmm. as well as your actual friends people that you you know so socially yeah and so yeah. You, you go on to have a conversation with your friend on um, instagram or whatever and while you're there your inbox has got other messages that are to do with your work so you're mm. drawn back into it i mean imagine in a normal workspace there will be crossover some of your colleagues will be friends and that's fine and some of those messages kind of do step into a different bit of that boundary like sometimes it's a work thing sometimes there's a little social thing tagged on it and now expand that problem out to every member of your potential audience that might have come to see you at a gig and you want to develop a connection with them because it's great to meet people and really share something but now potentially you've created this work social crossover that's just absolutely immense it's the size of everyone that you've met in the course of a tour yeah sometimes Huge. it feels a little bit like a, a magnet that's pulling you to be plugged in all of the time and there's no opposing force to unplug you so that's why the com these conversations are really important is to know that it's okay sometimes to to unplug in order to recharge and then you know, jump back in again when you're ready yeah because it's so easy to be in our own echo chamber and it's been nice to talk to other musicians and find out like from their perspective exactly that it's mm. okay to step away occasionally and nothing bad will happen yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us about who you so you're the first two episodes you're interviewing other artists yes yeah so we've who, got, who have you got we've got chris cleverly who's a, a singer songwriter who's uh, sort of in the the early stages of releasing his new album his latest album so he's got a couple of singles singles out already and he's he's talking about his approach to to how to make an authentic connection with his audience during this release cycle really and from him we're seeing much more uh you know he's really talking about the other creatives he's worked with um as part of creating the album so the videographers and the photographers that have come together to create uh, you know different ways that you advertise this stuff but there's a schedule behind it there's a thought process behind it and he's using that to give himself the space to come to it in a creative way because he's an artist he's a singer-songwriter mm. and he's making sure that that is part of what we're all seeing from his front-facing social media yeah. we're seeing his artistic creativity come out so i think that's representative for a lot of singer-songwriters today mm. so that that translates across the board um and our, our second uh musical artist is john parker yes who's very well known from the group nisloppy um, he's the bass player, and he, he also plays bass with a lot of other bands as well. Yeah, he's he's a really prolific session musician. Yeah. So he's he was bringing us kind of uh, his experience of talking to a lot of different musicians and kind of distilling some of that, but also kind of pointing out just how much the industry has changed since he first started. Mm -hmm. And he was coming out with the Nisloppy stuff at the time that 
uh, MySpace was just starting to dip away. Facebook was beginning. Yeah. They were getting like early moments of going viral on social media. Yeah, it was it was organic viral as well. Whereas today there is like ten platforms and you have to pay to be seen and all of this, you know, gateways and things like that. The amount of extra work is just insane. So he's been a musician for the entire time that Facebook and. Well, pre-Instagram, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go so that's He's got be the whole journey an behind him. Interesting conversation there to see how things have changed. And it's such a short space of time, really. Yeah, yeah when you think about it, it's yeah. not that long at all, is it? Because uh, like, groups like Nisloppy were people that inspired me uh, to become a musician alongside uh, Damien Rice at the time. It was kind of all happening then. And yeah, when I think back, that's really not that long ago. <laughs> and then further episodes sort of later on so episode one is out now isn't it yes if you want to go and listen to that, that it, next door to totally folked on 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 your podcast platform <laughs> just type in the limited limited bandwidth and then this pop, podcast you'll see our cheery cartoon oh, faces oh, yeah. <laughs> rendered in uh, blue and orange <laughs> but um you've got some specialists lined up as well haven't you so delve into sort of the, the darker side of social media oh god yeah <clears throat> works and some useful tips hopefully to come out of of these about how you can manage your own use and what it's doing to your brain. This is the idea. We've, we've got these experts and each podcast we'd like to find out what it's doing to us and what we can do to manage that impact. So a cyber psychologist to take us through what happens when we've got all that screen time physiologically, mentally. Uh, a therapist, yes, uh, Nicola, who's going to be talking about yeah, the mental health fallout with practical things you can do to switch off a little bit kind of detox from it a little bit and a digital marketing specialist as well mm. who runs his own agency he's also a musician um, and he's sort of very hot on the mechanics of different platforms of what what type of content works best for him or for, for other artists in different genres and what what doesn't work so well as well yeah so we're hoping from him we'll get kind of a bit of a way to to streamline what you're doing online so i mean because if you really do have limited bandwidth to achieve these things then it's nice to know what you should focus on so it has to be efficient in your exactly that to get your message across. yes yeah, if you've got limited time limited budget um what are the things that you can you can check off you can do relatively simply relatively quickly that make a big big impact um, and leave you time to, to do other important things. Because you've got to be thoughtful and not scattergun, potentially. Like, you can refine what you're doing. And, yeah, the hope is that he'll have some really genuine practical suggestions for that bit. Yeah, that's a big problem as well, because if, you, if you're not conscious of it, you can spend a disproportionate amount of time doing these things for very little... Without even realising how much time you have put into it. But also, once you're on a platform, you're there just to post the thing that you were going on to talk about. But then you've been sucked in, and you end up scrolling, doom scrolling. This was—I uh, watched a great documentary about this. Yeah. You achieved. Your brain has turned to mush because you've just vacantly stared at posts from people. They're designed for distraction yeah. and and to, to hook you in. So yeah, that's this a very. This is all real... sounding very negative. It's it's not because hopefully the sustainable bit is what we're driving driving yeah, for. I think yeah. Going back to the, the it's a necessary evil. The necessary yeah. bit and how to make the necessary and we'd like the evil to gradually be scrubbed out in our lives <laughs> yeah. which is so it's also a state of mind isn't it yeah you think of Definitely. it as evil then it is evil but yeah. i'm sure chris was a breath of fresh air for us on that front because yeah. of the way he's approached yeah. it as a creative tool and that's something that we'll we might absorb into our practice yeah. and the flip side is that all those opportunities that they afford you yeah. are innumerable yeah. and, and immeasurable as well like who you couldn't do half of the stuff that you do today 20 years ago no like to connect connecting with mm. audiences overseas and in other parts of the country Absolutely. that you, you've never actually played live in front of 
Yeah, so it's very much a balance. Yeah, so there are, let's not forget, there are some good (laughs) things that have come out (laughs) of social media. So Chris Cleverley was your first guest, um, and he's got a new single out. Yes, he does. I, I I think we should play an Inklings track. But Chris Cleverley's single that's out now... Uh, it's still life. Yeah, the themes are really similar. Yeah, I, I thought it was fascinating that the video he's put out for this is based on brutalist architecture. Oh, yeah. Like, that was right, a topic of conversation for us not long ago. We were talking <laughs> yeah. about kind of liminal spaces and weighty architecture. Yeah, it was quite it's fascinating. Funny, it's, it's quite... Um, his his single's about um, sort of imagining some kind of um, Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> natural work. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. kind of what Breathe Easy is about as well. You're yeah, because his message is about kind of the avoidability of that hopefully mm-hmm. as well like this is an imagined uh, future which we can hopefully divert from and i think breathe easy for us is a similar thing yeah it's funny how these things sort of have a, a weird synchronicity in that if you if you've got your antenna plugged in for want of a better word <laughs> you pick up on these sort of cultural things that are happening and it, it does inform the art that you that you make and the conversations that you have and yeah i think these two songs are, are a good example of that well, yeah, I guess, I mean, the, the climate crisis is a topic of conversation that has been, and mm. in the last year or so, half the world's been on fire, hasn't it? And yeah. the other half of it's been underwater. It's difficult to avoid. So, it's, I guess, oh, if you've got a care about any of these things, well, cause coming out in song is quite... Mm. We drew the song from some genuine research into environmental problems that are happening across the globe, and it was uh, written by actual scientists, uh, and they were detailing the ways that mankind is going to make the planet unsuitable for well mankind at the very least so humans are going to decimate humans yeah (laughs) but that has so many knock-on effects on other species as well Uh, but they did write that it is entirely avoidable with the right intervention so there is a hope there if people are listening so should we segue into those two tracks yeah uh which order should we go let's go lasting things breathe easy and then Chris Cleverly still knows.
eyes be still Breathe easy There's nothing to see And the world is undone The hourglass is cracked And the vigils are over We took far too much And we all go as
25 milliliters is 2.5 centiliters. So so that's a four measure. That's a four measure bottle. So we've had half of the bottle. What an unusual quantity to sell gin in. It's definitely set up for you and a friend, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, a double measure each or two, two drinks, two long drinks. Yeah, well done. Well, there's two gin. more bottles of different gins from the same distillery. Yeah. So what's the what's the distillery? So this is Shed One Gin. Yes. Well, hats off to Shed One Gin. What a sociable way to sell your gin. Yeah. Too right. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a really good night in for one. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tragic. <laughs> You've got me. We can drink together. And we do. (laughs) This time without a two-day hangover. It was a good night. I don't remember. (laughs) That'll be why. (laughs) But but, but after those last two tracks, during which we've clearly been uh, enjoying the gin, you've just heard Breathe Easy from The Last Inklings and uh, Still Life, which is the newest single from Chris Cleverly on his latest album, uh, which is broadcast the secret verse that's released very soon yeah you can pre-order it now if you want to go yes. get your hands on an early early copy and he's got um, a crowdfunder campaign out there as well so you can pre-order it with extra nice things if you really fancy yeah and breathe easy from your first your your debut album debut award-winning debut album top 40 charting yeah debut in album. the official uk <clears throat> folk charts and uh, <laughs> The Impossible Wild is the title, and it's its first anniversary. Yeah, this it's month. one year old today or this month. Yeah, on the first of October, technically, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've done all sorts of re-releasey stuff around that. Hop on, have a look, buy a copy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for every copy you buy, I'll only tell you about tickets a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we're on to a bit of a gig yes. guide now, aren't we? It's yeah. an abbreviated gig guide. There are a lot of gigs happening locally. And actually quite a lot happening in Bournemouth, but there's stuff happening in Southampton. Mulets are in Southampton. Mm-hmm. There's stuff on at Chapel Arts in Bath. The only uh, thing on in all of Bournemouth on uh, on the 8th of October, though, is at Bournemouth Folk Club. Yeah, um. that's true. Actually, the only thing <laughs> happening in Bournemouth on that day is at Bournemouth Folk Club. Not lying. But like um, properly on our doorstep, like we even saw a light uh, installation. We could see the light from this venue from where we are recording the podcast so this yes, is definitely on the, the doorstep global rainbow came. although that was how far did it go it was like shone for bloody miles so to the horizon <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> to the curvature of the earth made it disappear <laughs> what i think that's just sea mountains that's how ships disappear on the horizon sea mountains i've been reading some flat earth nonsense <gasps> sea mountains yeah that's why when a ship goes far away you can't see it because it goes behind sea mountains oh i love this i know <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you lived on the edge of flat earth, the gravity would be such that you basically slide into the middle every time. <laughs> what? It's all magic. It's like, well, what? oh, there's so much of it. There's so much. Flat earthers are absolutely wonderful nutters. They, it brings me such joy. What? So you can't ever fall off the edge of the world because it will, gravity will well, pull yeah, you back in? Because it's most dense in the centre, like any body, because they agree gravity still works, which means as you go to the edge of the disc, gravity is pulling you to the centre of the disc. That must make walking quite challenging. Yeah, everything would suddenly be uphill. I, I, I want to say that we'll be lying on our sides by the time we get to that. Yeah, more. Yeah, you'd have to, more or less. It, it would be wonderful. It would be like living mm. in a Welsh valley, but really extreme. But, but lying down. Yeah. But to you, it wouldn't feel like lying down. Because the earth would not be at right angles to your body? Well, you'd also have to get over the what? Antarctic seawall that holds us in. 
because Antarctica isn't a landmass. It's a wall around the edge. We just think it's a mass. Around the whole edge? Yeah. Even... All the way. Because it's cold on the other side. Yeah. What's the sun doing while this is happening? Uh, for that, consult Terry Pratchett. <laughs> it's passing under the lifted cocked leg of an elephant, sailing through space on the back of a giant turtle. Hmm. It seems plausible if you think of all the other flat earth nonsense like sea mountains <laughs> i like sea mountains <laughs> well i guess if you're in a boat and it's a bit stormy they do seem like mountains when you're right next to them well, um, this is a stretch <laughs> it's the amount i love the stuff where they go out of their way to prove that the earth must be flat and accidentally prove that it's round every time <laughs> like uh, the whole thing with a gyroscope would have to off center itself perfectly by 15 degrees in an hour because of the rotation of the earth and like let's prove it wrong flat earth has spent thousands of pounds on the best gyroscope ever and watched it gently tilt <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're like must be defaulty just yeah, must oh, must be problematic do they believe in dinosaurs Oh, they're not mad. Not creationists, too. <laughs> not creationists. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, can you just imagine that? Like the history of creationists and everything. You could have had a, a pet velociraptor because we lived at the same time as the dinosaurs. Or they don't exist, so it's just in your head. God just put them there to make us ask important questions. What, velociraptors? Probably. I think they've been reincarnated as my cats. <laughs> they do prowl around as a pair. They do gang of cats and that in a roundabout way was talking about how the lighthouse is just down the road uh <laughs> which so we could legit walk there but i think we probably have stumbled that far tipsy at some point we have uh, in the past <laughs> it wasn't they've got some great stuff on and this among them is like a proper standout thing like who would yes. have thought um like the joyful uplifting lovely african music that is um lady smith black mambazo is coming to the lighthouse yes, amazing but that said it is the largest art center outside of london it is yeah and, and they've had a bit of a, a facelift recently as well yeah. i noticed on my travels yeah they've got a functioning marketing department too oh my god <laughs> this pleases me <laughs> <laughs> if i could ask for anything for christmas <laughs> if i met the real santa claus it would be that <laughs> But yeah, this is exciting. Who can fail to be uplifted by African voices singing joyful songs? Oh, and just the amazing harmonies that you wouldn't necessarily fall on if you were just singing your good old singing thirds folk music. Yeah, so to, it's music, a different anyway. thing, isn't it? So this is this band's from South Africa and they were made famous by Paul Simon on his Graceland yes, album. Yeah. And they've been having hot dinners off the back of that since. <laughs> well, rightly, they're good. And why not? And why not? So they're in the theatre space. Yeah, they're in which the theatre. I've played there. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> when you, it's a rite of passage if you're local. Um, but you were also the first gig back after COVID in that space. Oh, oh my God, yeah. My With a historic piece that was a drama about circumnavigating sea mountains. Um <laughs> I did think of that when you were saying about Flat Earth and Magellan. Oh, it's such a surreal thing. Proving the Earth was round. There is but a maybe translation. Maybe he just went round the edge. Oh, well, oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, apart from England was the centre of the world, so. And he, so he had a head start because he was um, so coming he, from he, Portugal he, and Spain. He, he sailed to the edge and then just went round the circumference of it. Accidentally, clearly. But and then came back to Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> 
having wandered around the Pacific for like three years, wondering where land was. A bit bigger than they assumed. <laughs> we digress. Let's play a track. So Lady Smith, Black Man, Mars, I've got a new EP out. Yeah. Um, and There is a translation of this name, but not one to shy away from uh, pronouncing something that I've never read before. This is in the track. Nomathemba. 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 Oh, silent H. Okay. Nomathemba. Yes, Nomathemba. And what was the translation? Something about something, hope. Something about Mother of hope. Mother of hope. Yes. yes. We read that earlier. Obviously, I, I couldn't translate it's, that off the top of my head. It's in the track title. Yeah. <laughs> so they're at the lighthouse on the 12th of October. If you fancy heading along to that gig, have a listen. <laughs> if you followed our rambling conversation about that. Yo yang mama di how 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 mai buza mai buzi kamalayo ai pendulanga ai pendulanga ya pela panzi ya ziyakala izinyembezi izinyembezi nomatemba nomatemba mangishiya zalangato nomatemba no matemba, pangishia, zalangetwa, no matemba, no matemba, pangishia, zalangetwa, no matemba, no matemba, pangishia, zalangetwa, no matemba,
We've got another gig at the lighthouse. This does never have happen. No, this is amazing. Yeah, two gigs in a month at, at Lighthouse Pool. This one is a little bit later in the month. This is on the twentieth of October um, at the lighthouse, and this is it's, ba- <laughs> it's a band called the Goodies, but it's spelled G O U D I E S. Yeah, my head's trying to tell me I want I want to say the Gaudis. Yeah, and then I just think of the Goodies of the se- it, the seventies. That's exactly what I've got in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's not them. No. Uh, so this is um, this is a duo yeah. with really lovely harmonies. I was saying it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, a group that kind of hit the charts over the last couple of years called Oh Wonder for just the lovely setting of the harmonies. It's yeah. really, really beautifully sung uh, with a little bit of a flavour of Hudson Taylor for some reason. Can't quite put my finger on why. Yeah, it's a sunny sound. Yeah. And they've got Becoming Branches on support who are... I think Southampton based New Forest Way. Yeah, New Foresty. Um, um, trio, we've played them before. They actually supported the Lost Inklings at um, your concert. They did indeed. Earlier in the year, didn't they? What a beautiful voice she has there, yeah. their singer. So that this will be a really nice gig. And um, yeah, so that's at the Lighthouse on the 20th of October. So we've, um, we've taken a track of theirs called When This Is Over, <laughs> appropriately. Which is the last track of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Just before we play out, remember, you can find us in all the normal places. We are on every podcasting platform that we should be. Uh, we've been distributed across far-flung places. We know that we've been listening to in Australia. So if you're there, drop onto our social media. Come and say hi and tell us why you're listening to this. <laughs> we, and we'd love to know what your favorite tracks are. If you've got artists that you're thinking, oh, my God, you should play these people. Yeah. Um, you can email us directly if you want at totallyfoked1 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook really easily. Our logo is that gin bottle with the little bee hidden in the front of it, or a gin bottle uh, label, I should say. And we're on Instagram too. We are on Instagram. That was a hard one battle. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so please give us a follow. See you next time. Cheers. I was going to wave. <laughs> when this is over, the winds are going to change. Water's running clearer now Nothing feels the same And I can hear the morning chorus So much louder than before When this is over Let's carry so much less We found the things we truly need We can leave the rest Then we'll wade into the shallows With a light and easy load When this is over
When this is over, I'll renew my vows. I've been thinking on what matters, and so much seems pointless now. So I will look to the horizon, like you'll be here anytime. And may He find me swimming deeply in the reason I'm alive, far away from any shore. Entice me to survive. When this is over, when this is over.